Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Now, grumpy, man, oh, man, I love you doing your little dancing before we start every single podcast. And now it seems like you have infected Paige. Now she's doing some dance moves before every single podcast as well to the music. I'm an influencer. <laughs> A social media influencer, right, grumpy? Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Is that because I gave you a hard time on the last podcast, Grumpy? No, you have no power over me. None. <laughs> absolutely none. You have less than none power over me. You absolutely have no power over me. No power. I love it, Grump. Nor do I want any power over you, Grumpy old man. Um, before we jump into Stump the Grump segment, man, oh, man, did the Islanders look Really on point last night, Grumpy. Or not last night. I'm sorry. We're recording this here on Saturday before the Rangers game. But Grumpy Old Man, I mean, the Islanders looked they looked like they were firing on all cylinders, Grumpy Old Man. Thoroughly impressive victory over the Rangers. I mean, I mean, I know we're going to get into it. Uh, but, you know, Matt Barzal looks like he's ready to take a quantum leap jump as a player. I was about to say, and Grumpy Old Man – Trust me, you're not going to get away easy because a few of the players that you have been giving ridicule to all off-season long, they must have been tuning in to the podcast, Grumpy, listening to you tear into them, calling them average, calling them the king of the secondary assist. You know, there's many of the players. First of all, the king of the secondary assist did nothing. Okay? Nothing. On the stat sheet, maybe that's right, Grumpy. But again, I thought he had a good game. I thought there were plenty of Islanders who had great games, and one of them that you have happened to call average at multiple different times during the offseason, during the regular season, had a very, very, very good game, Grumpy. That's all I'm going to say. Captain Average, is that who you're talking about? Captain Average. You know, Grumpy old man, I thought he had an outstanding game, Andersley. I really did. Hey, we'll delve into it. And, you know, as we go on with this podcast, and honestly, I think this should be Saturday listening, viewing for everyone prior to Islander games. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, we're certainly more entertaining than the Islander pregame show. And you'll be able to do that because we'll wrap up before the pregame show with, you know, Shannon and the rest of the cast of characters there get started. Uh, and you'll see the difference in the entertainment uh, aspect of our podcast and what they do. But actually, seriously, on a serious note, how can you how can you not love Islander hockey starting five o'clock in the afternoon and wrapping up at like ten thirty at night? It's just fantastic. I think everyone should go be in their houses watching it, listening to us beforehand, and then watching the Islanders beat the life out of the Rangers again tonight. And, you know, the only bad thing is we only get six more wins against the Rangers this year after <laughs> after tonight's game, right, Grumpy? Absolutely, because we're winning tonight. <laughs> I will say, Grumpy, it is kind of odd to see you wearing some Islanders gear on the podcast, too. I wear I wear Islander gear occasionally. Remember, it's an Islander game, so I'm going to try to wear Islander gear. I mean, I don't have a whole lot, but, you know, hey, I got this, so I'm wearing it. And this is a shirt, man. This shirt's got to be like 30 years old, 35 years old. And, you oh, know, you can tell because of the material it's made of. I mean, we've had this discussion before. I mean, this is a shirt, not the garbage they make now out of, I don't know, seaweed or uh, C reform C plastic, you know, it's just garbage or the, you know, they don't even use cotton. I don't even know what they use anymore. I don't know. Like garbage. <laughs> I don't know. You know, stuff that's like, it's like 
It just falls apart if you look at it too much. It doesn't keep you warm. It does nothing. I mean, this I'm is gonna, I'm going I'm to tell you this much, grumpy old man. Now you have given me a reason to get you some Islanders gear. If that is 30 years old, grumpy old man, that's that. <laughs> That shirt's seen better days. We're going to have to get you something new, Grumpy. But we're going to bring on Paige for the Stump the Grump segment, where Paige introduces us to a newer word or a word that has changed in meaning over the recent years. And, you know, she gets to stump myself and the Grumpy Old Man as we kind of uh, fumble around as to what the new meaning is. So let's go ahead and bring Paige in. Hey, Paige, how are you? Hey there, guys. Hey, what hey. word do you have for us today? So I'm going to take it a little easy on you this week. I know I've stumped you guys a few times in a row. So I'm going to go with the word slaps. Grumpy old man, I know what this means. So I'll let you go ahead and answer this first. Is that like bitch slaps? Something like that? You know, like like you get a backhand to somebody's face. You know, I, I'm going to say one thing. Before we get too much into this word, you know, I realize that TJ is your fiance, but do you hate the fact that he doesn't even want to do any small talk with you when you come on here? It's like, yeah, bring Paige on. Okay, Paige, what's your word? It's not even like... Hey, Paige, how you doing? I mean, I like to, you know, I'm always cordial with you. I don't know what you see in him. And, you know, honestly, uh, I think he should be a little bit more friendly to you on the air than he, than he is. Well, I mean, in his defense. That's Lou Lamarillo right now. He's agreeing with me. He knows. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead and get that Lou Lamarillo phone call there, Grumpy. I, I have my secretary picking the phone up today. Mm, smart. Hold on. Are you going to put Lou Lamarillo on hold, Grumpy? Are you telling him to wait for you? Wait for your response? Hey, you know what I tell him? I got a bigger name on the other line. Wow. <laughs> That's a compliment to you, TJ. He probably, he probably wants to know, you know, Barry's thinking about rolling out this lineup tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to make sure it's okay with you. He wants to get approval from the grumpy old man. Is that what it is? Absolutely. They got plenty of time to do their skate. I can give him a call later. <laughs> well, grumpy, I want you to take a guess and a crack at what slaps means. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it sounds like something that was a word, like you slap somebody and now they're trying to maybe put to paint. I slaps up some paint. I don't know. A grumpy slap, I assume, means like you're clapping, like you're slapping your hands together. It's awesome. Or like you're slapping your leg because it's so great. It, it means it's really good. And it means like, I know it has something to do with music, it does. Uh, but it, it has a really good meat. You know, it slaps. It's really good. So, so what yeah. did it take place of? Because, I mean, so what does it actually mean, Paige? It, it means like a, to be very good, and it normally is associated with songs. So like that song slaps is normally a context you would hear, like it has a good beat. I like the t you know the song, the lyrics. That song slaps. That is normally the That's context, context that's used. Yes. I should. Do, I'd like to invent a word. It's called moronicon, and that's that's all these people who come with these new words. They are moronicons or you know morons. Mm. We'll just keep it at morons, grumpy old man. I think that's easier and it gets across the point. I'm just calling this slap happy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Again, another example of children having too much time on their hands where they just can't say something's good. Let me just invent a word because, I don't know, I wasn't raised right as a child. I think they do it just to confuse the older people, honestly. So you don't know what they're talking about. That's okay because they won't know what they're talking about two weeks from now. That's true. <laughs> Grumpy old man. Uh, stumped as always. I, I guess I was a little stumped as well. But thank you, Paige, for stumping myself and the grumpy old man. Paige, it's before TJ just eliminates you like he usually does. Always a pleasure seeing you. And next week, let's have another word a little bit better than slaps. Sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll investigate.
Y'all have fun. She's going to get to the homework. Thank you, Paige. All righty, grumpy old man. I want to get to it right off the top. The Islanders looked dominant uh, when they played the Rangers the first game of the season. I'm talking about dominant from start to finish. There was a little short time period, sure, where the the Rangers might have carried some of the action. But I want to say the Islanders took it to the Rangers for the majority of the night. And man, oh, man, the Rangers defense was hideous, first off. And that score could have been way worse than four to nothing. I mean, we're talking about that game could have been five or six to nothing, grumpy old man, because Shesterkin came up big on a few saves and stopped Anders Lee from completing that hat trick a few different times, Grump. Well, did he stop them or did Anders Lee just not be able to finish, which is what he's best at is not stop. Stop. The guy's got how many goals in his career and he doesn't have a hat trick? I mean, he had two goals. In the first period, wasn't it? Was it two goals in the first period, or did he score one in the second? It doesn't matter. He had over a game and a half and multiple chances right in front of the net. He just couldn't finish the deal because he's a choker. Stop. Grumpy old man, I know you're going to try to defend yourself because you've been calling Anders Lee average all offseason long. I know this is just a desperate attempt for you to stick entrenched in your position that he's average. I will say last year was definitely a down year for Anders Lee, but I'll tell you one thing. We saw them actually put the puck towards Anders Lee's stick during the game instead of taking those shots, you know what I mean, a long a long range shot there. I mean, he had some good opportunities and hell, I if Shesterkin doesn't come up big on a few of those those extra chances, I mean, very well Anders Lee could have had a hat trick. I thought he had a great night. I thought many Islanders had great nights. I thought we saw big leaps from multiple Islanders as well, grumpy old man. Yeah, I got my little pluses and minuses on this game, which we will delve into. But you want it, you're trying to get me where I have to defend my take on Captain Average. And I'm just going to say, you know, the first time he tries to take a stick in the face, tries to draw a penalty. And, oh. you know, if he wasn't loafing around, trailing behind the plate as usual, uh, you know, Matt Barzell hit him with a beautiful pass, but it's only because he was borderline goal hanging and he was able to slither it past Sisterkin. Uh, the second goal, uh, he just had a stick on the ice, and it was a beautiful – I mean, I think he was using it to prop himself up because he can't skate. And it was just – Jordan Eberle made a fantastic pass right uh, right off his stick. He didn't even have to move, which is what – you know, that's what he does best is not move. So, you know, he had two average scoring chances, and he did put up two points, two goals. So I will say this much, Grump. You know what you sound like? You sound like the guy who's talking about – like a, a baseball player's had at a game. He hits three home runs and two of them are grand slams. Well, you know, one time, you know, you're out in front of the ball. You're just lucky that it happened to carry you to the short part. You know, you pulled it. But, you know, you know the, the field's pretty short in that direction. And, you know, this one you hit off the end of the bat. It was a cue right off the end. It just barely luckily stayed in, you know, in between the foul poles. That's what we sound like. That's what you sound like right now, Grumpy Old Man. I will tell you, you know, when you take such strong positions like you do with "quote unquote" average Anders Lee, grumpy old man. Hey, when, when you got to pay the piper, you better be ready, Grump. Here's the thing: I've elevated him to captain average now. Really? Yes, because he is the captain, and you know, and I give credit where credit's due. He's a good captain for the team. He absolutely is. I want to hear some credit about those goals. And I'll tell you, again, you're underplaying those chances he had. And the Islanders had a lot of chances. But he almost converted on a few extra ones. Very easily could have been a higher scoring game than it was, too. All kidding aside, I think he was more aggressive going to the front of the net. And uh, I think that helped him. And also the fact, one of my big positives 
from the first game is the Islanders are shooting the puck more. If you want Anders Lee to have productive, because here's the thing, he's not, He's not a guy who's going to be catching a pass, skating in, making a shot. He's, he's not a creator. Andrew Slade's not a creator. He's more of a finisher. He's got to be a finisher. Right. He's a guy who stands in front of the net. And for a guy like that to be successful, like he was when John Tavares was there, you have to be guy, have guys putting the pucks on net for him. And I think it would it, it worked beautifully. You know, all kidding aside, you know, I, I like to joke about Captain Average and everything. But he did have a good game. Um, and so did my buddy Croc. Uh, who scored the first goal of the year, and then you heard the pathetic announcing team trying to crock annuary. You know, come on. All right. Brock annuary. Yeah, oh, deal, man. I'll tell you, he always gets off to a good start. And again, I, I love to see him contribute early, Grumpy. Uh, but you're right. You know what I mean? He was out muscling guys down low. And, you know, to play devil's advocate, it's only the first game of the season, and the Rangers' defense is hideous. So, you know what I mean? I try to see both sides. They're trying not to get too bullish. But I thought he had an excellent game. And I mean, that second goal, he out muscled Truba down low. And I mean, that's why they were able to convert. It was a good pass uh, by Everly. But I will tell you this, Grumpy. Matt Barzal looked outstanding. Outstanding. Was Sensational is probably a better way to say it. I mean, that was a highlight real goal. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. people on social media, grumpy old man, before you before you chime in, they're over there, you know, making the jokes that, you know, Tony D'Angelo right now, he's been moved to the taxi squad. He's not playing tonight. And people are making jokes that, yep, uh, he undressed Tony D'Angelo so badly that he's been moved to the taxi squad, grumpy old man. Matt Barzal looks like he's ready to take a quantum leap jump this year. He looks to me, he looks bigger. Um, and he hasn't lost his, his, he just looks like he's filled out. Like he's a man. Now he still looked a little bit like a boy. I thought last year, but he looks like he's much more solid now and he hasn't lost anything in the skating department. Uh, my gosh, his first shift. It's like the, he was just skating circles around them. Honestly. Um, well, Barzal, remember, Barzal and Bavillier always dominate the Rangers. And again, I, I wasn't expecting to see anything different than what we saw out there. I mean, he it was an unbelievable game by him, and that was a highlight real goal. My God, he undressed D'Angelo, and he puts it there, top shelf, up in the toy department, as Butch Goring would say, Grump. And he had another couple of opportunities um, where I thought if he got the puck up, he would have scored. He wasn't perfect, but he is so – the Barry Trotz system now, he – you see a couple of years that he's been underneath Barry Trotz. You know, Barry's made him a whipping boy on occasion and punished him for making mistakes. But if this is any indication, uh, you know, of where he's going to be this year, I, like I said, I'm ready for him to take a huge jump. I just am. He looked he looked good. And I know it's the Rangers and they're not great. I mean, you know, you have to worry when your first defense pairing is uh, – Truba and uh, the Miller kid, who I think will turn out to be a good defenseman, but you're putting a rookie as your first on your first line defense. Mm, I don't know about that. And, uh, you know, so for me, I'm kind of tempering my enthusiasm a little bit. I know it doesn't seem like it, but uh, yeah, he does do well against the Rangers, but he just looks bigger to me. He, he looked great. For Grumpy Old Man to be speaking so glowingly this early, you're right, he is tempering his enthusiasm. I mean, Grump loves to go ahead and, you know, distribute uh, just criticism, but also I think he likes to distribute just praise in the same token. Now, we have a few comments, Grump. I just want to go ahead and pop up here on the screen. 
Uh, Paul over here is saying, Anders Lee. I'll tell you one thing. Paul and, and many others were anticipating, and they were they were excited and could not wait. They were just anticipating the grumpy old man having to speak glowingly of now. His name has been updated to Captain Average now, his name. So grumpy old man. They, I'll tell you, a lot of people out there were very happy, and they were they could not wait to see you talk glowingly about Average Anders Lee. Well, I'm going to say one thing about Captain Average. Uh, you know, when you're the highest paid player on the team, you're supposed to produce. So really, he's not doing anything exceptional. He's doing what he's supposed to do when he gets paid $7 million a year. I mean, you're not going to get – he's not going to get any – here's the thing. When you set the bar so low, like Captain Average has done, I mean, what do you expect? Hey, he scores two goals. Oh, everyone, Captain Average, Average Anders, he's great now. You know what? That's what he's supposed to do when you get paid $7 million a year. All I know is the other seven hundred, the other $7 million player a year – uh, he come out and he was way better than Captain Average. Way better. Stop, Grumpy. I'm going to tell you this much. If 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 uh, Anders Lee was supposed to be averaging two goals a night, you know what? The Islanders would have a lot worse problems if 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 uh, Anders Lee was putting up two goals a night. Um, I will tell you this much again. He's not going to put up 100 goals this season, uh, but he did play well. And now we also have a comment here from Dave, Grumpy Old Man, saying Noah Dobson stepped up and looked comfortable. I 100% agree with that, Grumpy Old Man. We talked about how important this was going to be for Noah Dobson to take those steps forward. And I love that he has already been pushed into you know a top four defense role and already he's being acclimated there on the power play. And I loved what I saw. I loved what I saw out there from Noah first game of the season. Me too. Ecstatic. And like I said, we're going to get into it. I know we're kind of jumping the gun because I had something all planned out here to go through my positive. But, hey, you want to keep on posting comments? Great. I'm going to handle them one at a time. Uh, <laughs> Noah Dobson was, had the third most minutes on the defense uh, for a guy who's, what, 20 still? Or is he 21? I don't even I think, know. He, I think he's still 20. Maybe he's about to be 21. Yeah, again, young 20s. Okay, over 20 minutes. And I thought the word I like to use with him is composed. He's just composed out there. Um, you know, he's teamed with uh, Andy Green, who signs a one-year $700,000 vet minimum contract to come back. And Great. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I'd like to ask all the people out there. Who is more valuable to the Islanders this year? Is it Andy Green or Matt Martin? Because for me, it's Andy Green. Why? Because he's going to help the development of Noah Dobson. Matt Martin's not going to help develop anyone, and he got twice as much money with four with three extra years. I think the Andy Green signing, for as bad as the Matt Martin signing was and is, I think the Andy Green signing was spectacular. It really was. For what yeah. he brings, for what he brings for this year. For, for a certain grumpy old man, again, Anders or um, Andy Green is going to be mentoring Noah Dobson for a certain grumpy old man, and uh, great partner. They gelled ever since day one. They gelled ever since the playoffs. And again, there was no reason to ever think that this is a lineup you ever or a defensive pairing you ever want to break up. Um, and you could tell Noah, even though he's extremely talented and skilled, he's still learning a lot too. And so are a few other young Islanders who have been put in the lineup on opening night, grumpy old man. Kiefer Bellos was out there as well as Ross Johnson. I know you joke around, grumpy old man, about how the Islanders are just getting older and older and older. We're starting to see some integration there of the younger players, right? Kiefer Bellos is 22, I believe, 20, maybe 23 years old. I think he's 22 still. Um, Ross Johnson, I think, is 26 years old. Noah Dobson is 20 or 21 years old. So, again, we're seeing the slow integration of some of that youth that you've always wanted to have interject interjected there in the lineup, Grumpy Old Man. Without a doubt. 
Uh, I thought that Kiefer Bellows, for I mean, he played 10 minutes and he had eight hits. That was four more than the next highest guy, which is the guy who's only got feeling in a couple of fingers on one of his hands, uh, Cal Clutterbuck. And, you know, he made he finished every single check that he had, he finished off. You know, so whatever it took, whatever talks they had with him, I don't know, maybe it's just his time. Uh, it's nice to see him in the lineup. There's no way that uh, Uncle Leo should see the ice again with this kid eligible to play. Absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you what, Ross Johnston, I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, a Ranger went down, Ross kind of ran into him a little bit. And you, normally that would probably start a fight, especially in a 4 nothing game. But I'm going to tell you what, it was Ross Johnston. So there was there were no fisticuffs because they're all scared of him. That's the element he brings to the team that we need. Honestly, we really need that. Well, Grumpy, I'm going to tell you this much. Yeah, it was unfortunate there, inadverted. I guess it was an it was an unintentional collision, um, and you never like to see anything like that. But again, I think that Kiefer Bellows, as you spoke to earlier, he finished all his checks, and he's embraced what it seems to be a third line checking role at the moment. That's not ideally where he wants to be. That's not ideally where he will be. I mean, he, he probably wants to be a top six guy, you know, maybe a second line winger, but he understands the role he has to play in order to stick with the team. And you saw it out there. We saw it out there when he played the Rangers, right? He was being physically uh, involved, throwing, I think, more checks than any other Islander. Was that correct, Grumpy? I heard. That's right. He had four more four more hits than anybody else on the team. And again, it's unfortunate, right? His time wasn't necessarily a lot there on the ice, but that's because there are a lot of different special teams opportunities, Grumpy Old Man. The Islanders ended up with eight power plays, and they were shorthanded quite a few times as well. So it's unfortunate that got to eat a little bit into his time on the ice, but with the limited amount of time he was out there, he made it all count. Yeah, he had 10 minutes. And I, like I said, you know, I want to see the young guys integrated into this roster because when you see the when the young guys are producing – there's no reason to re-sign the old guys to long-term deals. Uh, you know, that's what's got us in trouble with the salary cap. And, you know, it's going to have an effect next year, too. I mean, let's be honest, right? So, uh, you know, if he can step up, maybe that paves the way for moving, you know, Leo out some other way. I don't I don't think he's needed. I didn't think he was needed even this year. But if you've got, if you've got uh, Bellows and then if you can integrate Wallstrom into the team as well uh, – I think that would go even better for us. I mean, they, they need to play those young guys. Well, I, I was waiting to spring this comment. Grumpy old man here from Scott. Again, another long time there, listener, participator in the in the live streams here. He says, I would keep the line at the same for tonight's game. I would like to see Wallstrom in there, uh, probably in some capacity. Uh, but Bellows had a great game on Thursday. Had a bunch of hits in that game. Uh, start Varlamov tonight and then Sorokin on Monday. Yeah. Again, I think you keep pretty much everything the same that you had opening night. I mean, we look dominant out there. Um, I would like to see Wallstrom in some capacity. Again, I'm not sure when, but you would. And I think, Grumpy Old Man, you brought up a great point about Bellows. We should never see Leo Komarov out there on the ice over Kiefer Bellows anytime soon. I mean, he would have to make some monumental blunders in order to consider benching Kiefer Bellows for Leo Komarov. Again, we talked about it before. Leo Komarov is... He's almost, a human, he's almost a human turnover with the puck out there. Has a real difficult time skating with the puck at this stage of his career. Again, he does a great job of being an agitator. He throws the body. But if Kiefer Bellows is willing and able to do the same exact thing, again, I think you're going to lose some of the defensive um, the defensive fortitude that uh, Komarov brought to the table. But again, you know, Kiefer will grow into the role. Okay. We don't need Leo Komarov on this team any longer. 
And I'm going to tell you what, what what's the one thing they always say, right? veteran leadership. We got plenty of that. Uh, let's give Captain Anders, uh, Captain Average credit there. And, uh, you I know, heard you. I heard that Freudian slip there, Grumpy Old Man. And Captain Anders, I'm telling you, he's well on his way to a glorious title, Grumpy Old Man. If he continues the pace he's at this year, I feel like, Grumpy, you're going to be changing your tune. Again, I, I, Anders Lee performing well only bodes better for the Islanders is all. Well, I'm going to tell you, I will eventually change my tune on Anders Lee. He'll be Andrew Ladd 2.0 is what he's going to wind up being when all is said and done. Uh, but, you know, you see J.G. Pajot out there and what he brings to the team. I, I love him. You know, I've always liked him, the greatest number 44 in New York sports history since Reggie Jackson. Everyone knows that. Uh, and, you know, you look at – I looked at him on the power play. I think he had some – on the first power play goal, I believe he was out there on the ice. But he was real low. I mean, you know, Anders Lee gets low, but I think there was a time where he was even lower, practically in the crease, and you had Anders Lee, who was also there. We had kind of two guys in front, and I think I'd love to see that power play. I just think he's fantastic down low, even though he's way smaller than Captain Average. Uh, he's, I mean, he's down there low, and he's making uh, – he's wreaking havoc down there. I'm going to say something else about the power play. The power play is much more efficient when no adoptions at the point. He is the point, point guy on the first team, which is the way it should be. And I think there's a marked difference from when he's out there and Nick Letty's on the top. I think the power play is so much slower when you have Letty and Bailey out there. I think they're just – the passes are too slow, and you could see that later in the game when they were out there. Uh, it, it was just – it was last year's power play. The crisp, There was not crispest and no speed to those passes, and I think that just – it hurts us. It really does. Well, yeah, grumpy old man. I think Dobson is going to only get better there on a power play also. And you're going to only see the power play, I think, move in the right direction. I don't think we're going to see the power play regress um, from what it was last season. I know we started off two for eight. I think it was grumpy old man to start the year. Um, and again, I only expect as Dobson does become more comfortable in the role, I think we're going to see the power play production increase. Yeah. And to, back to touching back on Scott's comment about the lineup uh, tonight, uh, I would probably stick with the same lineup tonight uh, that I had on Thursday, only because the Rangers do have uh, a propensity that they can score. Where I watched the Devils today, man, I know they beat Boston in overtime, but my gosh, they're bad. And it, it's kind of making me rethink Boston a little bit. Uh, I mean, they beat them three to two. And I think that was an overtime game also. Was it three to two or two to one, Grump? I know it was definitely an overtime game. No, uh, Thursday. Boston beat them three to two. I don't know if that was overtime. Now today, the Devils beat them two to one in overtime. They scored uh, in the last one point seven seconds, but they had so many chances, and it's like, uh, okay, why are you not finishing? Their defense is terrible. We're gonna we're gonna beat the life out of the Devils too. I and that's the game. Now, if I if I was coach, maybe that's why uh, Lou was calling up earlier today. Uh, I would definitely start Sorokin on uh, against the Devils. And I would play Wallstrom. And even if it's sitting Ross Johnston, I would do that. I would love optimally to see Oliver Wallstrom as the, uh, the trigger man on the first power play, just to see how it looks, because that's that's his strength, right, is that quick shot. That's what I'd like to see with Dobson at the point and him as a trigger man. 
and grumpy. Yeah, again, like I, I don't necessarily agree. I, I don't necessarily disagree, grumpy old man. I think he would always thrive there in a power play situation, grump. Um, yeah, that being said, though, if we continue to look dominant tonight, I don't think there's any reason to believe that we would change anything up. Um, in our lineup come Monday, really, except maybe a goalie change. Um, and I will tell you this much. I I am I'm thrilled about the opening night lineup. I don't know why I felt not, I wouldn't call it skeptical. I guess I was a little, um, I guess I had a little angst that we were going to roll out Leo Komarov. And that Michael we were probably going to have, that, was that Chrome? And Michael Del Cole before he went on injured reserve. That's what I was concerned about. Yeah, but he went on injured reserve. You're right there. I, I, I wasn't sure who was going to get rolled out there. And again, as we got closer to, um, I guess you could say opening night, um, and even like the practices leading up there to it, um, you can kind of see the writing on the wall that looks like, you know, Bellows and Ross, they are going to be the people that, you know, start the season off, which is always nice to see. I'm just happy to see that Ladd and Komarov aren't the guys who continually get rolled out there. We are seeing the the younger players get their chance to make their mark, Grumpy. And this is exactly what you've been asking for. It's exactly what we've wanted for the longest of time. And this is what we're seeing right here. It looks like Grumpy. It's all been part of the plan. It's because Lou has been calling me and saying, what should I do? We can't, the team can't go any further than we got them last year. What can I do, Grumpy old man? I know I screwed up the salary cap so bad that we couldn't go out and get new players. I realized that I tried to call you when you were doing your podcast and I had to sign that Matt Martin back. I know I should have double-checked with you before doing it. I'm sorry I didn't. He apologized to me. And, you know, I, I mean, I understand. I'm like, okay, Fossil. You know, I, I agree you made a mistake with that, but let's get those young guys in the lineup because they're the future of this team. And going forward, they're going to have to be an integral part. And I think we're, I, I do think we're starting to see that. I'd like to see a little bit more, honestly. Mm, grumpy old man. And I guess we have a comment here that kind of brings us a little bit up to our next point. Uh, Toby here saying, I wish Hosang would have been given an opportunity to play. Now, Hosang there, for, for those who don't know or aren't aware, he got loaned out there. I think it's to the team of the Swedish League that uh, Robin Salo plays for, Grumpy. It's either the Swedish, the Swedish League or the Finnish League. I'm not sure off the top of my head. But he got loaned out. He's not going to be with the, bridge ports, uh, the, ridge, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. He's going to be playing overseas. Yeah, well, Hosang was never going to be given a shot with this. Never. It's just never going to happen. And it won't. I don't care. They can try to sell it any way they want. They don't like the kid for whatever reason. He'll never be part of this team. And it's a shame because he has something that we honestly need, which is creativity. You know, the one thing I, I felt watching the game the other night was, boy, if we had a sniper on this team, a true bona fide sniper to play on the first line, uh, we'd be really hard to handle. And then you see Patrick Line go out and score two goals, including the game winner um, on, I don't know, I think it was Thursday night also. And, you know, that's that's the one thing we're really missing is a bona fide sniper. And I think he'd just be perfect with the way Matt Barzal is looking and performing out there. My gosh, we'd be almost unbeatable. I think it's important to say, again, we're not trying to diminish anything that we've showed here the first game. We're just trying to temper expectations because, again, we looked about as we played as good of a hockey game as we could have possibly played yesterday. And again, or not yesterday, I keep saying yesterday, but we played about as good as a hockey game as any Islander fan could have wished on opening night. And again, I don't think we're going to come out, we're not going to come out there and play, you know, and perform it or have a dominant performance every single night. Um, but 
I will say this much, grumpy old man. It's you hope everything goes over there for Josh Hosang, but you know he he has no no future here with the Islanders. He might not have a future in the NHL either. I think he might find his groove there overseas playing hockey. And he might just stick overseas. You don't think a team like Detroit could use someone like him, honestly, or a team like Ottawa could use someone like him or Minnesota? I mean, I just I just think there's opportunities for him. Then we're just we're just harming his career at this point in time. There, there have been players that have gone grumpy. They've played in the United States. They've played in the NHL. They've had chances that didn't necessarily work out. They've gone overseas. They've put together a very successful career overseas and have come back, grumpy old man. And again, I'll tell you this much. He's cleared waivers now twice without anybody picking him up. And I know everybody uses you know, the example of most times when players do get put on waivers at the beginning of the season, very rarely do they actually get picked up by other teams. So, yes, I do understand that. But, you know, optimally best case scenario for the young man. He has a very successful career there. Uh, maybe he goes overseas, rebuilds himself, and then finds his way back to the NHL. Again, no harm or ill will there on Josh Hosang. I hope he has a successful career, but I just don't think it's going to be here with the Islanders, unfortunately. I just don't think he was ever given a legitimate shot. That's the only thing. And, you know, the whole thing is when you see, you know, here's the thing. Lou Lamarillo, you know, as much as I bag on him sometimes, his – opinion carries a lot of weight in the NHL among other general managers and other teams. When they see that he doesn't want to play him, they're like, okay, what's wrong with this kid? And maybe there is, maybe we just don't know. But, you know, I think the fact that he doesn't even give him a shot in training camp, or you give a shot to a guy like Tom Kunockle, that just kind of speaks volumes to me. I, I, I'm just, I'm just baffled by the whole thing. Just, if you don't want him, just cut him loose. Yeah, Grump, I know we had talked about it beforehand. We're not going to make this a Josh Hosang podcast. I know it's uh, <laughs> people are kind of, you know what I mean, that we're done with the situation for the most part. And we won't hear about him except when they're doing prospect updates and talking about how well players are playing overseas. So we won't hear from or won't hear about Josh Hosang for quite some time unless he goes there in the Swedish Elite League and tears it up and puts over a point a game up on the boards. I'll tell you one thing, Robin Sallow for that, that team he's playing for in Sweden, I mean, he's got 20 points through 30 games, grumpy old man. That's another prospect that's been moving up the list and works. So I'm excited about, I know Islander fans are starting to gain enthusiasm about that as well. We have a comment here though, before we address that grumpy from John, he says, Dawson played well, not sure about continuing to play Ross Johnston. Uh, when Martin's out there, when do you think Wallstrom will make an appearance? Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think that Wallstrom should make an appearance against the devils in the next game. Uh, so on Monday, grumpy old man. Yeah, yeah, on Monday. And I'll tell you what, isn't this a great time for hockey? I think we have everybody's playing tonight. Uh, I mean, just fantastic. I, I mean, it's just it's a great time with the condensed schedule like this. You get games every single night. I'm sorry, Grumpy. They're not playing. They are not playing the Devils. I thought you were on there. They don't play the Devils until Thursday. They play the Boston Bruins on Monday night, Grumpy. Oh, it's Boston first. I thought it was the Devils and then Boston. Boston and the Devils. We're going to beat Boston, too. No, <laughs> grumpy old man. Am I hearing a prediction that we're starting off the season four and zero? Yes, yes. I just I watched I watched the Boston Devil game today, and I don't I didn't think Boston looked that good. Honestly, uh, I thought Halak Halak played well at times. I mean, he only gave up two goals, but there were other times when they just gave up breakaways and just the Devils couldn't convert. They just the puck falling off their stick. Just weak shots. 
I was not impressed by the Devils. I've not been impressed by the Rangers. I haven't been impressed by Boston. And honestly, Pittsburgh looks like a sieve. Uh, Washington has some defensive issues right now. I think they'll probably get those sorted out. The Flyers look pretty good. The Flyers look pretty good, and Carter Hart looks pretty good. So, I mean, I don't know what my my four playoff teams were. I think it was Philadelphia, the Islanders, Boston, and Washington. And I'm already looking like Nostradamus after two games. Grumpy old man. I'll pull it up here. Grumpy old man, you originally predicted Boston to finish number one, the Capitals to finish number two, the Islanders to finish number three, and the Philadelphia Flyers to finish number four. There you go. Yeah. I, I it's, it's, early yet. it's early yet, though, grumpy old man. I will say that much. Um, but it's <sighs> – as long as it's not the Flyers, honestly, as long as it's not the Flyers, I can live. Here's the thing: if we're not going to win it, I'd rather live with one of the other. Team. Not the Flyers, though. Not the Flyers. <laughs> Your hatred towards the Flyers grows as the days go long, grumpy old man. Yeah. Um, we got a comment here from Toby. Also, what are you going to say, Grump? Um, that's okay. Let's let's handle this comment first. <laughs> Hold on a sec. I've got to chime in here before we jump to that comment. Paul's saying Grumpy is as old as Nostradamus. Grumpy old man. <laughs> and I'll be known in my time as the greatest prognosticator of all. Oh, goodness, Grumpy old man. Uh, Toby did go ahead and chime in, though. He says, do you think that Barry is trying to groom Ross to turn into the next Tom Wilson? Grumpy old man. No. No. I, I don't think Ross has the talent that Tom Wilson has. You'll never see Ross Johnston on the first line like you see with Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson is turned into be a really good hockey player, and I don't think that Ross Johnson has that type of stuff in his repertoire. He's not as good a skater as Tom Wilson is. Uh, but here's the thing: I wouldn't. That doesn't mean that Ross Johnson doesn't have a role in his team. In my opinion, he should have been the fourth line uh, winger instead of Matt Martin this year. That's that's what I would have done if I was a team. Give him a chance to play every night. He's only going to get better. He scores goals. He scores just as many as Matt Martin. Well, here's my thing, Grumpy Old Man. I, I think that Ross Johnson, is he? will he ever be as good as Tom Wilson? Probably not. I mean, Tom Wilson, as much as Islander fans hate him because of the way he plays against the Islanders and, you know, his chippy play, um, he's a very talented hockey player. I, I will say this much. Ross Johnson, though, you're right. He's not going to be just, you know, an average fourth line grinder type. I think he does have offensive acumen, and we've seen him score. He's got a he's got a nose for the net, grumpy old man. I will say that much about him. I don't think he's a, a great skater. I don't, but I think he can be a well rounded fourth or bottom, you know, bottom six forward who can eventually score goals and will put, you know, not an alarming amount of pucks in the net, but you know, he'll surprise you every once in a while. The thing about Ross Johnston, he knows what he does well, and he sticks to that. He's not. You're not going to see him try to dipsy doodle around guys or think he's think he has certain talents that he doesn't have. And you know, I love Ross Johnson. I I think I play him every single night. He's a deterrent to other teams getting physical with Matt Barzal and some of the other Islanders. And just for that reason alone, he does not hurt you out there. Not at all. I mean, you know, they've got. He doesn't take penalties hardly at all. But his mere presence out there kind of neuters the other team from certain physical measures and because he's willing to mix it up with anybody. That's that's why you need a guy like that out there. Yeah, Grump, you've always been a big – I've always been a big supporter of Ross Johnson as well. Uh, him obviously getting a chance this early in the season I think bodes well for him being able to, to build a role and to carve out a spot where he's an everyday starter for a certain grumpy old man. But, again, I, I'm elated. I'm elated with how things have started. I am pumped. 
about the lineup we saw out there on opening night as well. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, there's no way Leo Komarov should start over Ross Johnston either. No way. I mean, I realize you're going to have to give guys some rest, but, I mean, Ross Johnston should play at least 40 games this year, at least 40. And Bello should play at least 40. All right, you want to put, uh, you know, some of the other guys. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, who's the who's the guy that they picked up in the offseason? Uh, well, Sarnak. Sarnak. I, I could see him. Uh, you know, Casey's probably going to get hurt at some point. I could see him sliding in down there. Um, I mean, you're going to see um, – who's the guy? Uh, Grumpy old man. No, who's who's the guy that they, they made the trade for? That I, Obviously, like I said, he's so good I can't even remember his name. Restricted free agent. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, Grumpy I, mean, I played for Detroit last year. Again, I, I can't remember Grumpy old man off the top of my head. Tomashov? Okay. Oh, yeah, Timishov. Dimitri that's, Timishov. That's him. I could yeah, see him. I could see him getting some starts on the third line, perhaps, uh, you know, periodically, and I wouldn't be opposed to that, uh, you know. But you want to make sure that Wallstrom gets in there. So if you have Timoshov and Wallstrom kind of subbing in and out uh, with Bellows and Johnston occasionally, and then you have uh, Jarnak uh, filling in for whoever might be injured, I'm fine with that. Honestly, the more young guys play, the better it is in the long run for the team, especially with the condensed schedule. And that's, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, we did hear Barry Trot say that he's looking for a 60-40 split uh, in the goaltending duties this year, which is fine, uh, particularly early. I think you're going to see more of Varlamov while Sorokin gets his feet wet. And that's why I would definitely start Sorokin against teams like uh, – uh, Teams like the Devils and the teams Devils. that are of the lower ilk and they're not necessarily you know world beaters, grumpy old man. So you can establish that confidence to where he does feel like he's in control and in command back there in the net. I think you're right. You definitely want to start him off and kind of break him in easy there at the NHL. You don't want to put him in, I don't think, a game against you know Monday. We talked about maybe Monday – he might play Monday against the Boston Bruins, but I mean the Bruins look like they've been off to a, a pretty rough and tumultuous start. Crumb. They're a one-line team. Boston's a one-line team. Uh, you know that's enough said about them. They're a one-line team, and when that line, I don't think Pasternak is even back yet from his injury. Uh, so right now it's Bergeron with uh, who's taken over the captain duties from Chara and Marchant, who's actually come out pretty strong and start start the year. Uh, you know, I just there's a couple of things I wanted to mention about the game Thursday night that I thought the Islanders did really well compared to last year. I thought they were really good in the faceoff circle, uh, which has not been in the case last year was not the case. But I thought they were extremely good. And once again, it's only game one, so I'm interested to see them against other teams as well. But I was encouraged by how they were in the faceoff dot for certain. I, I will tell you this, Grump. I want to interrupt there real quickly. Again, we did get to see a lot of regular season games with Jean-Gabriel Pajot on the, in, in the lineup last season. Again, Jean-Gabriel Pajot can win faceoffs, and so can Casey Zizekas. So putting uh, Pajot there in that third-line center role, I mean, that always is going to help out more with winning faceoffs. So it does make sense. Yeah, and the fact that Matt Barzal only got kicked – I mean, they actually let him take some faceoffs, and he only got kicked out once or twice, which is improvement for where he usually has been. Uh, but, you know, we got Captain Average in there to lose a faceoff. What's the difference anyway? Um, but I thought that they really improved, like I said, in the faceoff area, and I'll be I'll continue to watch that as the season goes on. And I thought they were extraordinary team-wise blocking shots in front of Barlamov. you got to remember, the Rangers 
are a really good offensive team. They're not good defensively, but they're a really good offensive team, and we shut them down for the most part. I don't think that Varlamov had to do anything fantastic, really, for most of the game. I made a couple of couple of good saves, but other than that, I mean, it was just a fantastic team defense game that you know Barry Trotz is known for, and I thought the blocking the shots uh, by the team was was really really good. I, I will say this much again: I thought Varlamov had a great. I had thought he had a good game, grumpy old man. I don't think he was was called upon to make too many outstanding or fantastic saves. But again, a quiet. You know, that's how I always like using the term a quiet shutout. You know, those are the best type of shutouts, right? I mean, like he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, and that, that, that makes me happy. It makes me content back there to have a net. Grumpy old man, Paul brings up a point that I think is interesting and important as we see this as the season goes on, right? You would like to see Pajot have consistent line mates, and I think he's right on that. No matter what, and again, as you're in this testing out time period of who you want to cement in, you know what I mean, your, your third line, who the wingers are going to be, you want to see them establish some consistent play, and you want to see him – hopefully having the same line mates night in and night out so they can build that chemistry. Right. And that's why I'm saying if you see, uh, you know, I could see rotating one guy periodically, but you want to see, like I said, I'd like to see Bellows and Johnston get 40 out of 56 games. I mean, I think that's pretty consistent with the, I mean, you're going to, you got to break guys in, right? Usually you try to break them in on the fourth line, but not on this team. Uh, you know, honestly, J.G. Pajot brings so much to this team that do you really need uh, Clutterbuck and Martin at the end? I mean, I, to me, they're not even your, they're not even top penalty killers anymore. I mean, I like Clutterbuck still, but you know he's getting up there. I just think Pajot is fantastic. I, I like him. He's like a he's like oil. I like to call them oil players. Those are guys that it st- from every stops everything from getting gunked up. You kind of run them through. They don't have a set role per se, but. They make everybody else around them better. And that's what I think that he's going to do. And they kind of smooth out the rough edges. And that's why I think he's fantastic to have some young guys on his line. I think they're going to get better just by playing with him. Oh, grumpy old man. There's a comment here. And I know we had talked about this after the game. Um, Will Letty be able to return to top form this year or at least have a great season? Grumpy old man. You know, actually, when we watched the game, there were a lot of players I thought did an outstanding job and played really well. Nicoletti was not a person I had on that list who had an outstanding performance. I thought he played well, but he had some bad turnovers, grumpy old man. And again, like, I, will he ever be able to cement himself? Maybe in Islander minds, he never will be able to live up to our expectations of what he was in the past. And that's maybe something we have to temper with, grumpy old man. But will he be able to return a top form this year? In your opinion, Grump, what do you think? No. I mean, this is this is where you miss Devontae's because to expect Nicoletti to turn back the clock, it just isn't going to happen. And that's what that's what I mean. Here's the thing with Taves. I mean, he's off to a great – he's on the number one defense pairing in Colorado. He's on the number one defense pairing. Two games, has a goal and assist, grumpy old man. So, again, I, we talked about it beforehand – the way Colorado plays hockey and that heavy forechecking style, he's going to put up monster numbers. I mean, it's safe, I think it's safe to say that he's going to put up probably over 40 points this year from the defense role um, for the for the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe, maybe it will be upper 30s, and I'm talking about even in a 56-game season. Yeah, and uh, as we can see, TJ's internet has frozen again, so at least I'm glad it's him. But it gives me, just gives me a chance to talk. Devontae's is going to be – he's on their first uh, defense pairing with Kale McCarr. And I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought they'd make him put him on the second pairing, but they've worked so well together. He's had a goal and assist. 
He's getting over 20 minutes ice time a game. Uh, that's why I thought it was more important if we could have to move Letty last year, right? He signed for four and a half million per for whatever, four, four years, uh, where Letty is five and a half million. We could have saved some money there. Uh, you know, we essentially gave him away because of cap issues where I know they like, and this is where the coaching staff and the management siding on the side of the veterans, I think it hurts us in the long run. I don't think that, I think by the end of the year, here's a hot take. He's going to be back on the third pair. I think it Mayfield and he are going to be the third defense pairing by the end of the year. And I don't think it's because of Scott Mayfield, it's because of Nick Letty. I, I, he, I had him as one of the big downers. Uh, for the negatives for the Islanders on Thursday night. Uh, and I think that Green and Dobson are going to be elevated to the second unit for certain by the end of the year. Okay, girl. And I know I know, I cut out there earlier, but I was saying, even if even with the shortened season, only 56 games this year, grumpy old man, I still think that Devontae has a chance to hit their upper 30s, maybe even 40 points this year. I really think he's going to thrive in that system with the heavy forecheck and grumpy old man where they put more of a, more of a press there on offensive production than defensive production, Grump. So I think he's going to have an outstanding year point total-wise, Grumpy. And again, I, he plays on a very, very stacked team, grumpy old man, which also always helps. Yeah, their defense is not real good. I mean, they have Girardi out there and um, – I'm sorry, Girard – and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they didn't uh, – maybe Timmons. They didn't really impress me much. I mean, for certain, uh, I thought Devon Taves – and here's the thing, he's not known as a great defensive player, right? But he's like probably one of their best defensive defensemen, and that's a benefit from playing in the Barry Trot system. And you're right. that's that uh, The way Colorado plays is tailor-made for somebody like him. And we're always going to look and say, what if? You know, what if we would have been a little bit smarter with salary cap? We could have had him. Of course, we do have guys coming up through the pipeline. Uh, I just want to again, Grumpy, our team is absolutely loaded in young defensive depth. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, there was one thing I wanted to mention a little uh, bit of trivia here. Varlamov getting a shutout on opening night was the first time that an Islander had a shutout on opening night since 1976. That's 45 years ago. And I don't know if anyone here knows who that goalie was. I'll give him a little bit of time. We'll see if somebody chirps in. Don't look it up on the internet. All right. That's Grump, just go ahead, just go ahead and give us the answer here, Grumpy Old Man. Because Chico remember, Rush. it's delayed. It's Chico Rush. Chico Rush uh was the goalie. And I always liked Chico Rush better than Billy Smith, honestly. Maybe because he was more outgoing. Uh, you know, I just I loved his mask. I thought it was great. Um and yeah, Chico Rush was the last guy uh, to get a shutdown opening night. So fantastic. 45 years, 45 years. Hmm. Grumpy old man. Quite some time. It's hard to believe it's 76, 45 years ago, Grumpy. Wow. I, wow. I, I remember watching the Islands back then, but I don't remember that opening night game. <laughs> we got a comment here from Jack. He says, do you think Everly will have a good season and start scoring goals like we need him to? I thought he had a really good first game. I thought his pass to Anders Lee, I mean, he, he couldn't have made a better pass than that. It was beautiful. And I think he's doing all the little things that they want him to do. Uh, I am encouraged by how he started off the year. That's all I'll say. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to temper my enthusiasm. I'm just saying I'm encouraged. We could use an upgrade there, but I'm encouraged. I was about to say, right, grumpy old man, I think 
obviously the team's soaring high. Everybody's the expectation when you start off the season with the bang like we did, everybody's expectations go through the roof. They expect something much more. And they're thinking, all right, you know, Stanley Cup competitors. And you know, I think that also what also feeds into that grumpy old man too is you hear Barry Trotz talking about how personal he took it that the Tampa Bay Lightning beat him in the Eastern Conference Finals. You talk about how personally everybody took it. And again, he's you know, haunts them. And you hear those words again, like when you hear a strong, a strong conviction like that, saying that, you know, how much of a lasting impact is left on grumpy old man. You have to think that, you know, the Islanders have that us against the world mentality. Still, they're entering this season with it. And again, remember when they wore the sweatshirts, I think it was two years ago before they broke out onto the scene, you know, us against every us against everyone. And we saw the results we had when they were playing with such conviction. They are the absolute epitome of the word team. Without a doubt, they play for one another. I mean, here's the thing: Pulak and Barzell both said this is where they want to be. They they obviously love the guys in the room. I mean, that is not to be discounted. And I mean, I've said it a hundred times: we don't have the talent that other teams have, but we have that that it factor. Like I said, I still feel we're a piece or two short scoring snipers, some some real goal scorers. And I think you could actually bring in – and this is the thing that disappointed me with the Hosang situation. I think our leadership structure is so strong on the big team that I thought you could have brought him into play and kind of got him to convert to whatever they wanted just because of the strong leadership that we have on the team. And that's why I was kind of disappointed they didn't give him a shot. That said, I'd love to see them bring in a sniper, someone who, okay, maybe they're not the greatest team player, but I think that with this group – they could turn them into team players. That's, that's how I mean, and that's a credit to Captain Average. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I mean, I think he gets everybody to buy in. He is a team player. I mean, he's not about stats, regardless that he scored a couple of goals the other night. I mean, he is what he is, and he's a, he's a leader without a doubt. I want to go back, Rumpy. You also said when you described before you went, and this is. This is, I guess, a callback to earlier on in the podcast, Grumpy. You were you talking about captain average i'm using air quotes for those who are not watching the live stream or don't watch the um, the video recording there on youtube after the fact grumpy old man but i love how you described it as he tried to fake a high stick to the face grumpy old man <laughs> i have some negatives i have some negatives okay which i'm going to bring up now um and that was one of the negatives how the referees missed a stick to the i mean he got it underneath his visor how do you miss that? How do you? I, I mean, you're looking right at it. The play is right there. How do you miss that? I mean, and he was bleeding. I was about to say. Well, I thought he was also bleeding after the fact as well, Grumpy. How, I mean, how do you, as a referee, how do you miss that? I mean, you can't miss that. And like I said, I, I, the referees just drove me insane because another pet peeve of the Grumpy old man is those little touch fouls that they call touch penalties. Grumpy, we're talking yeah. hockey, not football. Yeah, I'm sorry. Those little touch penalties where the guy, okay, he grabs his shirt for a second penalty. I'm like, come on. I mean, it's still it's still big boy hockey out there. And his on both sides. It bothered me when we did it and got called for it. And it bothered me when the Rangers did it and they got called on it. It's it should not have been certain certain ones, those little touch penalties should not be penalties. I'm sorry. Um, and the other the big negative for me is we had such a great first period, we came out flat in the second period. Uh our team defense was good enough to restrict the Rangers from scoring, but uh, uh, I think a more veteran team than the Rangers could have capitalized on that, honestly. 
Uh, and we have to really stop that. We have to play more consistent throughout the game. I will tell you this much, Grump. Uh, you talk about that being a concern. It really isn't a concern. I mean, the majority of Islander games that we saw last year and even the year before, we always see the bend-don't-break mentality where it looks like the Islanders are on the ropes. It really does, where the other team carries action, looks like the Islanders can't clear their own zone for about a five- or six-minute time span. But again, we didn't really get to see that last night. And that's when I say dominant because we didn't see that. I mean, what I usually expect is if we go up there early by quite a large margin, I expect to see a little bit of that bend, don't break mentality where we send that collapsing style where we, where it looks like we're hemmed up in our own zone for a large period. And again, as the other opposition starts to tire out, they start to get a little frustrated. They can't get any luck going their way. That's when you see a quick counter strike and the Islanders are able to put up another one on the board. So, you talk about that being concerning yours. I don't know. That's how we've played for the last two seasons, bro. Yeah, but you don't you don't want to come out and have a lackluster period after being so dominant in the first. That, that's all I'm saying. Because if you give up two quick goals, it's a game again. So you know, as well as you played in the first period, uh, you know, you've handed it back because you come out a little bit flat in the second. And that can be. I mean, it happened when we played Washington last year. Remember? I mean, you know, you can't. You, we have to be more consistent throughout the game. And it, I'm not saying it's a concern. It just bothered me. It was I considered that a negative for the game. That's all. Uh, and another negative was the power play. Uh, really, really. Yeah, I thought we were good early when we had speed, quickness, and passes, and then we settled back into the slow, laborious way that we like to do it. And it, we're just too easy to defend, honestly. And until and I think Noah Dobson helps that. But when I see Letty out there, he was the big negative for me. Um, I, I don't look like he's skating in sand out there. I know he got he's got wheels, but it just doesn't seem like he wants to use them. He reminds me of someone who used to play with hockey with my son, but since I don't know if they listen to this podcast, and I'm not going to mention a name <laughs> because I'm not here to, I'm not here to slam somebody's kid. I'm just not going to do that. Oh gosh, grumpy old man. Um, I I will tell you one thing: the penalty kill looked good. I thought. And again, I thought, again, defensively, we looked really, really strong and stout. I'd love to see that we were creating a lot of chances. How many games last year? Again, I'm trying to temper expectations because this is the Rangers we're talking about here. And the Rangers, despite how well their defense performed last year and how Sisterkin came in, you know, took a huge grasp on the goalie duties and goaltending duties. Remember, the Rangers' defense has a lot of holes. They're not complete. They're not a finished product. So, you know, I'm expecting their defense to take a step back this season for certain grumpy old man. So, again, we're recording this here on Saturday before our second game of the season against the Rangers. Yeah, so, again, things can always change, Grump. But I think I think, I think think it's safe to assume that we're going to have, uh, again, another strong performance against the Rangers tonight. Yeah, we better not lose to the Rangers. I, I mean, I, here I am. You know, usually when I'm positive on the team, that's when we lay an egg. So if you lay an egg, I'm going to come out ripping on the next podcast without a doubt. So you just can't do it. I mean, honestly, the, the, the Bruins don't look too good. Like I said, I've watched a lot of games this week. And uh, I'll tell you a team that looks really, really good, Tampa Bay. I mean, I realize they only played Chicago, but, my gosh, Stamkos is back. All right, they lose Kucherov, but they get Stamkos back. They look fantastic. St. Louis looks really, really good, and so did Vegas. I mean, certain teams look just really, really good. I, I mean, I'm glad we don't have to play them during the regular season, and we'd only have to play them in the cup finals if we get that far. 
but there's some teams that look really good uh, out there in the West. And uh, I watched the Canadian division. None of them worry me. Not one. really. Not one. I mean, I said Toronto uh, would probably win that division. It's possible. I mean, I think that all those teams have holes. I still think our division is probably the toughest. Maybe it won't play out that way, uh, but we're looking good. I don't the whatever this whatever the other division that we play is. I don't even know whatever whatever Cal, uh, Carolina, Columbus. The I don't. I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but it's mostly yeah. teams there from it's the South. They're not our division. I don't care what they're called. Hmm. Grumpy they don't old man. Yeah, grumpy. Well, again, we're right around an hour, grumpy old man, and I know that we have an hour until game time. Now, I want to go ahead and get some predictions here. I know we're going to be doing a live stream midweek. We haven't determined the exact date of the live stream, but we're going to be switching there to two live streams a week. I'm sure some listeners and participators of the live stream will be happy. They will be excited, Grumpy, um, that we're going to have two live streams a week. Again, I know we had that last week where we were able to live stream also um, the interview there with Rich Blount. If you haven't had a chance to watch that and listen to that interview, it was, it was a great one. I love the hijinks and the stories about his experiences in the time in the NHL. Those are obviously uh, so, <laughs> some great stories, Grump. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Rich Pallon just loves the grumpy old man. We're going to be hanging out a lot, you know, if I ever get up to, you know, that Catalan area. What you guys miss is after the podcast, he was tearing into the grumpy old man, talking about how he couldn't stand him on the live stream. He, let me tell you something. He loved the grumpy old man. <laughs> he made Skip feel bad, which well, that was another plus for the grumpy old man, honestly. Grumpy, in your opinion, is there anybody who doesn't love the grumpy old man? Morons and idiots. So, yes. Uh, Myron, what you drinking there, boy? I mean, my gosh, that's a mighty big uh, container you got there. It's a big canteen, grumpy old man. I drink, I drink peach tea during the podcast. You think you had enough in there or what? Helps keep me hydrated. 64, I think 64 ounces, grump. I'm surprised you're able to go an hour without going to the bathroom. I'm telling you, most times as soon as we get as soon as we hit end podcast, grump, I have to run to the bathroom because of how much liquid I drink. I, totally. <laughs> I want to go ahead and get grumpy. Let's assume that we, we do our live stream on Wednesday. Again, we'll make sure to post about it so people are aware. But grump, we're going to have our podcast midweek. I want to hear what your expectation is for tonight and then on Monday against the Boston Bruins, grumpy. I want to hear your expectations. I think we win both games. I, like I said, I've not been impressed with Boston. I've watched, uh, I've watched their, their game today and uh, some of their – game the opening night and they just they don't look like they're where they're going to be at the end of the year i still have a lot of faith in uh cassidy the coach and uh i think it's going to take a little while to sort out their defense because uh, the devils had a bunch of breakaways i mean you lose krug and chara um and it, it hurts your team uh, and I the fact that they don't have pasternak yet i think hurts them offensively I was about to say, right, we talked about it, a one-line team, really, um, and optimally. It's going to take some time there. Again, like I know they were integrating some of the younger guys into the lineup there on the defensive side of the puck, and I know that Krug and Chara there towards the end weren't, you know, amassing huge minutes. Again, they were kind of towards the tail end of their career. But, again, anytime you lose two defensemen off of your team and, uh, you know, the backup plan necessarily wasn't uh, – I don't think it's in full action yet. Uh, it needs more time. But again, you lose two guys off of the six starting defensemen you have. I mean, that's gonna it's gonna take some time. Yeah, uh, the one caveat 
is we're going to be playing against Tuka Rask. And he's kryptonite for us. I mean, that's that's the one thing. And he looked in the opening night against the, the Devils, he looked really good. Halak looked good today. Um, so, I mean, they, their goaltending is really, really strong. Uh, but I'm still – maybe maybe it's a win in overtime or maybe even overtime loss. I just want to see us get points. Here's the thing. We're expected to beat up on the Rangers, the Devils, the Sabres. I want to see us make sure that we at least get points – Whenever we play uh, some of the stronger teams in our division, well, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you, grumpy old man. Well, it looks like TJ got paused again, uh, which is fine because it gives me more chance to pontificate on the two well, live. Grumpy, you have stalled long enough. Well, thank you. I will go ahead and give my <laughs> my expectation. I'll tell you one thing: I can expect that I need some better internet at one point in time in the future, grumpy old man. Not sure when it's coming, but we do need. Uh, I will say this, Grump. I think we walk away. TJ wants to walk away. See, I'm just going to keep talking, even when he wants to walk away from the podcast. Uh, you know, but I, I don't know if we're going to do the. the um, this is going to be a TJ thing. I would think that the probably the live streams are going to be post game, um, only because I know TJ. Are you thinking live streams are going to be post game or pre game? <sighs> Grump, I don't know. We're going to have to play that. I really haven't put too much thought into it. I just know we're going to have two live streams. And again, I know my internet's giving me fits right now. I did want to go ahead and give you my expectations. I do think, grumpy old man, I'm expecting three points out of the next two games. I think we're going to lose there in overtime to the Boston Bruins. I think, again, like when you lose to the Devils in overtime in the fashion they did, I can, I can promise you their coach is tearing into them right now. I think we're going to see uh, a physical game on Monday against the Bruins. And you're right. You said Tuka Rask is the Islanders kryptonite. I think we're going to see that trend continue, and it's going to be unfortunate for us. But, you know, going forward, I think one thing the Islanders have always and will continue to do well is they always beat and play well against the teams they should. Again, some of the upper-level teams occasionally can give them a fit every once in a while, but we always keep games close, grumpy old man. That's one thing the Islanders – you don't see the Islanders very rarely they get blown out. I mean, like I can remember, I feel like, last year we got blown out one game by the Nashville Predators. I think we lost like 8-3. to three. It's weird. It's like I can almost remember the exact games where we get blown out because it's so rare that it happens. Uh, that being said, we keep a lot of games close, grumpy old man, and we capitalize and beat a lot of teams we should. Maybe they're not in convincing fashion, all the wins, but we play a lot of games close, grumpy. Yeah, 56-0. and 0, That's what I'm saying. That's where we're going this year. So – you're right, though. We don't get blown out, and it is it is because of the system. Uh, uh, now, of course, this week, you know, I was jumping the gun with the live streams, but, I mean, we're not doing one game time this week. We're going to do it probably in an off day. Is that correct, I would think? Yeah, not- Rob, I, know, I know we're going to set up – we're going to set up a time period where it's going to be a set day. We're going to be doing it, whether it be like a Wednesday just because it's midweek. Um, I think that probably might work best. I know this Wednesday there's there's no Islander game. Um, but I think that's that's usually what we're going to do. And I mean, even if we are doing it Wednesday and it is the night of a game, grumpy old man, I think you know we could just go ahead and do another pre-game type of live stream as well. Again, because if we're doing pre-game, it gives the Islander fans a chance there to get pumped up, listen to TJ and the grumpy old man talk about the Islanders, talk about performances, talk about what's going on. You can tune in there to the pre-game show, and then you're ready to watch some more Islanders again. I'm pumped about the season. Obviously, the way it started off, I mean, it was only icing on top of the cake, grumpy old man. Yeah. Um, we couldn't have done any better. 
Um, I'm glad we come out against the Rangers for two games. That should be two wins. Uh, and like I said, I do want to see the incorporation of more of the young players. Uh, I, I feel today, once again, we're going to see the same, probably the same lineup that we saw um, Thursday night. Um, but at some point, I do want to see, particularly against the lesser teams, I want to see Wallstrom get in there. And I certainly want to see Sorokin. Well, grumpy old man, do you have anything else you want to say before we conclude and wrap up our podcast in live stream today? Uh, no, I just want everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, I know you're going to be going to listen to Shannon and whoever else is going to be chit-chatting there. Either Jennifer or AJ. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, be prepared to be bored. <laughs> <laughs> grumpy old man well you definitely bring enough enthusiasm and craziness grumpy old man so they can afford some time there of relaxation and some dullness grump yes understandable well thank you grumpy old man so much for being a part of the podcast and live stream today my pleasure <laughs>